cannot play God, then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome to another week of Fierce Beats and Battlestar Galactica, where we, Malia and Lisa, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica. Well, not the original. Reimagined? Reimagined. <laughs> well, it's an original sci-fi production. Okay. Should I do that again? Yeah, I'm going to do it again. Um, <laughs> welcome to another week of Beers, Beats and Battlestar Galactica, where we, Malia and Lisa, take you through um, the series Battlestar Galactica, episode by episode. Actually, third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. We might start by um, talking about what we're drinking this week on the Beers angle. Do you want to tell us, Lisa? Um, yeah, so uh, our producer Tom very cleverly last week, um, if you saw it on our Instagram and Twitter handles, which I'm sure you're probably following because of course you are. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, he chose Furfy beer because of the water relationship. And so this week we are drinking James Squire, um, which is a local Australian beer um, made by a convict. So um, it was our first, um, first Australian brewer. And I just thought it was very on theme yes. for this episode. Yes, if you don't know why that's on theme, you should probably pause this, go watch the episode, yes. and then come back when it makes more sense. <laughs> so, yeah, thematic beers, it's the thing. You can actually follow the um, beers that we drink every week, um, as well as screenshots and pop cultural references and all things nerdy relating to Battlestar Galactica on our Twitter and Insta feeds, which are both at Beers Beats BSG, uh, and for those who are keen. Yeah, not to toot our own horn, but James Callis definitely did like one of our tweets this week, so we're coming up in the world. Um, it's pretty exciting. It was a pretty cool moment. Lisa just sent me a text with a screenshot and OMG <laughs> in capitals, so I knew it was a big deal. It I actually was... think I was in a meeting and I was like, just stop for a second. <laughs> Have a look. Yeah, I, um, I mean, that was peak peak week right there. Like, mm. I, I mean, that was basically... My life's pretty sad, so. Um, <laughs> but yeah. you are wearing a great t-shirt. I am. Your, your life can't be sad when you're wearing a t-shirt that says "Fight Like a Girl." Fight Like a Girl. Inspired also by this episode. Yes. For those who, hopefully, everyone has watched by now. Callie. Yeah. Fighting like a girl. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Did what did you think of this episode? Did you like it? Um, I did like it. Um, I should probably um, just in case anybody doesn't know, I am like my area of study within international relations was on extremism and identity. So I'm like a terrorism nerd, if that's a thing. Um, and so for me, it was just like, oh, this is everything. Like I just yeah. Loved. How many times did you watch it? Uh, three and a half. <laughs> um, half being when I came here and you were still watching it. Oh, but, yeah. On the flip side. <laughs> on the flip side. Um, but, yeah, I watched it a few times and there's just – I was very excited about the, the terrorism element to it. So mm. I'm excited to get into the, to the themes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot to say. Mm. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought that um, when I was re-watching it, you know – as we've said in the past, I've watched this whole season through, but it was a while ago when it was kind of first released. And um, re-watching it this time round, I remembered that this was around the time in the, origi- like, in the original watch of this series when I started to like see things pick up. Mm. And I was like, I think I've said before that this is the first show I remember kind of binge watching because I had it on um, like packs of DVDs and you could just like, you know, binge without like streaming obviously wasn't a thing as much then Mm. so we would just like binge the dvd packs and i remember around this time because i remember the introduction of zarek being like all right shit's getting real like it started to kind of find its pace and we're still early in season one but it definitely felt like to me this was like 
we're not spending so much time introducing lots of new characters and lots of new locations. We're mm. just introducing like one new element a week and using that element to kind of drive the central plot forward. Yeah. Out of curiosity, um, when did this air? Do you know? Do you have that on your notes? Um, yeah, it would have originally aired in 2003, I think, to follow the... Oh, 2004, sorry, was season okay. one. So post-9-11 so, is what yeah, I was getting but it at. was yeah. during the war on terror. Well, we're still in the war on yeah. terror, yeah. in theory. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, very interesting. It's just always interesting to see uh, these kind of themes pre-9-11. Mm. Um, no, this was post. Yeah. But this entire series was post. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think we can definitely get into this when we talk about the themes. But it's um, it certainly, to me, felt feels like an episode of its time, mm. but also still felt very relevant. And I think the way they handle the, the um, themes and the issues of this plot are pretty... It's still pretty relevant to me anyway from a story perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a very weird directorial style. Yeah, it was super... Um, what did I write in my show notes? I think I said it was really lumpy. Like, it was really all over the place. Like, mm. one thing would be, like, there were notes that were kind of hit in one way and then it would be, like... There were things that I really liked, scenes that I thought were really well done, and then there were scenes where I was like, this is just trite. Like, yeah. it was much more haphazard than I think yeah. the previous two. And, like, really, like, um, sort of that kind of, um, I don't know how to put it into words because I don't know how to talk about things that I see, but it's sort of that, like, um, like n- n- I want to say naturalistic. It's almost like you're in the perspective of, like, people. It's, like, mm-hmm. everywhere, and you're just sort of, like, a bit bumpy, and, mm-hmm. like, it was yeah. really bizarre and really weird colouring. Yeah, the colour grade was weird. Mm. I would actually point out, to your point, that the previous two episodes were written by the showrunner, Ronald D. Moore, mm-hmm. whereas this episode was written by Tony Graffer, mm-hmm. um, so female writer. Um, she does go on to write more episodes of Battlestar, but this was her first writing uh, you know, credit on the yep. show. And it was also directed by Alan Croker, who hadn't previously directed an episode of the show, mm. whereas the previous um, Water that we watched last week, um, that wasn't directed by... Um, that was directed by Marita Grabiak. But then the the week prior, the original episode was directed by the other showrunner, um, Michael Reimer. Yeah. Um, and the miniseries was directed by Michael Reimer and written by Ronald D. Moore. So we're getting to that point. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with how like a writer's room works in TV, um, but usually you have a number of different... Um, people working on the story mm-hmm. and working like they might be assigned different episodes to write um, and then you would hire the directors to shoot those mm. episodes so you usually don't have the same director through the whole um, through a whole series um, or even for a whole season and then usually you'll have a showrunner who usually the showrunner is a writer yep. and they will either kind of manage the writer's room and, and be involved with that or they'll actually be credited as the writer and as you get further through the series or a season you start to see other writers getting the credit um, for that particular episode because there's just a lot to pull together and you're not going to have the same person on everything. So I think maybe the fact that we didn't have the same writer as we've had who is the showrunner Mm. for the previous few episodes and we also had a new director, I think that would have contributed to like just the slightly different feel going on in this episode. Yeah, it felt really different. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Should we get into the beat by beat? I think we should. All right. Well, as we've mentioned, this is the um, yeah. This episode was directed by Alan Croker and written by Tony Graffia. I hope I'm saying those names right. If I'm not, sorry, Alan and Tony. Um, we're covering the third episode of the first season, which is called Bastille Day. Am I saying it right? Yeah, Terrible I mean, French. but I think that we should probably say Bastille because, like, <laughs> Australia. Yeah, because Australia. <laughs> sorry, sorry to all of my French um, French friends, and but it just sounds weird when you start throwing in. French words mm-hmm. in 
English. Bastille. Yeah. No, that was it's like going in and ordering a croissant. <laughs> like, oh, what would you like? Oh, can I please oh, have croissant. a croissant? It's like, ah, uh, yeah. Chocolat Exactly. <laughs> Pain au chocolat. Yeah, that's pretty much all I remember. <laughs> I just remember from French in high school. Je voudrais au chocolat chaud. <laughs> like, all I remember. I want Every a chocolate. Every French person who might listen to this now no longer listens. I'm sorry. <laughs> Je suis désolé. Très désolé. Um... Yeah, beat by beat. So I wanted to call out something from the very beginning. I know I did this last week and I probably seem like I'm obsessing over this intro text. But mm-hmm. It's only because re-watching it, you realise like, you know, things that get... that. It's actually very... Um, I don't think I paid a lot of attention when I watched it the first time. But now I'm re-watching it and I'm like, oh, this is actually quite transparent the way they're bringing in these things. Mm. So... In the shots, how they're like, you know, there there are mini copies, blah, blah, Cylons. They have this moment, they have a, a line where they're like, some are programmed to think they're human mm. and they they show Sharon and they mm. show, um, or Boomer. Boomer. They mm. show Caprica Boomer and they show Galactica Boomer. Yeah. So to me, remember how last week we were like, oh, um, does Boomer know? How much does she know? Like, does she have like Cylon memories? Does she have Boomer memories? Mm. Like on both, like both Boomers. To me, this is like, if, if it's saying some are programmed to think they are human, it's like she doesn't know she's a Cylon. Because mm. why would you show a shot of someone who we don't know whether they, well, we assume that they don't know they're a Cylon because of her, like, Galactica Boomer's experience in the last episode. Yeah, and except like, for that last scene where yeah, she's like... True. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Terminator walking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that was just interesting. I hadn't noticed it the previous episode and I was like, hmm. The fact that they showed both of them as mm. well. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get to the real stuff. We open on Saw with his dad bod or granddad bod, as our producer said. Um, that yeah. was weird. Uh, yeah, it was unnecessary. We didn't, yeah, um, yeah he that. could have put his tank top on. Um, he's looking for whiskey again. <laughs> I don't know if tank top was the right word. And you know, but... it's funny because I was thinking about this. Um, if I had that much whiskey left, surely the end of the day is better than in the morning. I totally agree. Yeah. Well, like, I know, like, being addicted to something is like having a lack of self-control because of like the the circle of addiction or whatever um but an alcoholic is it's more like you can't put down the bottle isn't it yeah more than like like it's like would he not have just either drunk the whole bottle yeah or like i know he like measured it out you know and was like oh, i guess i can have like five more jeans yeah but yeah it's wouldn't like you end like of have the day a, yeah. you're like yes this yeah mm. or at least put it in a cup of coffee or something yeah or I don't, I don't know, know. wasting whiskey. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> um, yeah, so Saul, we just have a short scene with him. He's, mm. you know, looking at his whiskey. And then he, so he's running the CIC at that point. So he goes into the um, the CIC and he chats to, I think it's Gator who's there. Um, and they basically, oh no, Tyrrell is there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, it reveals that, um, so Tyrrell reveals to him that they've scouted the ice moon that Boomer found water on last last episode and that while there is um, liquid water, um, it's salt water, mm. um, but the drinkable water is ice. So they're going to need to... Um, they're going to need to melt the ice and they're going to need about a thousand people of hard labor to do that. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting the way that he was responding to Tyrrell. Like he was yeah. sort of like yelling at him for He was no having like nam flashbacks. Like when he yeah. was like, have you ever seen someone die of dehydration? I yeah. hope you never have to. Like everyone was like, okay, cool. Why are you just being so aggressive right now? <laughs> yeah. It's so unnecessary. I don't know if that's like the new writer or if they were trying to make a point. Cause I know later in the episode, um, you know, when Starbucks mm. addressing everybody, it's sort of like that, oh, different leadership styles yeah, and true. you can be mates. And maybe they were trying to really like put that front and center. But mm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. It was, it was, it was weird. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that happens. Um, they, yeah, they work out they're going to need all of this help, so they're going to need over a thousand people. Um, and then we also learned that there's been water riots breaking out over the fleet, which um, Adama kind of predicted last week when he was saying, you know, to pull back the rations. Mm. Um, people are going to, you know grown ups basically yeah. um, so yeah there, there's a sense of urgency immediately that they've got to sort out this problem and their solution is like okay we're going to get a thousand people off the Astral Queen um, which is the ship that was mentioned I think in the first episode yeah. um, and or the miniseries yeah maybe the miniseries um, yeah. which was all prisoners being transported um, to Caprica for parole hearings mm. um, and when the Cylon attack happened they you know stuck with the fleet and jumped um, but they've just been you know, they're all felons, technically. Mm. So the president and Apollo and Adama have kind of an in- informal meeting about it. Um, Adama's kind of like thrown by Apollo's new role being, you know, an advisor to the president, Roslyn, and mm. it kind of shows that there's tension between him and his son. There was really hokey dialogue, I thought, from Adama in this scene where he was like, every man has to decide for himself what side he's on. Like, I was like... "Mm." Yeah, I feel like there are a couple of different things that are, like, repeated Mm. and, um, like, repeated excessively throughout Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, and one of them is Yeah, so it's like... (laughs) So one of them is this idea of, like, picking a side. Yeah. Whose side are you going to pick? Yeah. Um, And it's, like, said again and again. And the other one is, like, children, children of humanity. We are the children of the future. And it's, like, again and again and again this is being said. And it's just, like chill guys yeah it's kind of like we get it the show was we're telling smart. us that there were yeah. cliff notes yeah and we were yeah. like no it's fine we're going to read the essay like we actually are going to look for we're the on board with this. we don't need to like hammer it yeah, yeah absolutely i think sometimes um especially with like new writers um mm. in the podcast i listen to and like listening to different writers and, and how they do things i think sometimes newer writers sometimes do that mm-hmm. they don't really um they're kind of worried that people mm-hmm. won't pick up mm-hmm. the subtext mm-hmm. so perhaps it is just a matter of like this writer being new and just wanting oh, to really hammer in the point and you know it's that always that thing of like show don't tell but mm. i think younger writers and less experienced writers always feel that they need to make things clear and that they're worried their work will be like either they go one way or the other it's like totally esoteric and you're mm. like i don't know what you meant mm. or it's like yeah in this case a bit on the nose yeah um, absolutely i just feel like you know there's that coco chanel adage of like before you leave the house like take like take a couple of things like off whether it's jewelry or a scarf or whatever like Mm. that's what they should have done with this script like they should have just taken out a couple of those double up references so it wasn't so quadrupled yeah (laughs) and then we wouldn't have been like yep children of humanity gotcha yeah we would have been like oh that was an interesting aside yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, didn't love that. Yeah, scene. so they have this whole conversation anyway about slave labor and mm-hmm. um, whether or not it is slave labor. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting. Do you want to talk about that or you want to talk about it in themes? Um, we can talk about it in themes. Mm. Um, I think it's just, yeah, we can talk about it in themes, yeah, I think. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so they have this discussion anyway. They, they There's kind of the introduction of this debate um, that goes through the episode of whether, you know, how, how do you use these incarcerated people or should you even use them so to speak Mm. are they slaves are they prisoners are they worth like redeeming you know is this how democracy works is this only because it's like you know the situation they're in being like the last of humanity Mm. it it kind of opens a can of worms um and the result for that like the result kind of the resulting action is that the president 
basically tells Apollo um, or that they they discuss him going um, to try and broker a deal with the prisoners to mm. if they do some work on this project they'll get early um, they, they call it like freedom credits yeah um, so it's like you know do this work it's going to be hard but as a thank you we'll knock some years off your sentence yeah and I mean obviously they were on their way to going parole. for parole yeah, hearings yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately without files, which is kind of complicated. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like that that reference, though, because it kind of shows that, again, like they're dealing with a society and, mm. and a civilization that's like, you know, post-civilization. So, yeah. yeah, they know that all these people are theoretically criminals, but there isn't any process for how to deal with them now. Mm. And they've got nowhere to resettle them because they have nowhere to live. Like yeah. they're just, you know, trying to find somewhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they have that. They sent. They decide to send Apollo to the um, astral queen to to go and um, source these um, people to help. And then um, the president also wants her aide to go, so she asks Billy to go, which leads to Billy, like you know, thinly veiled, wanting to have Juella there. So he, I just like, rolled my eyes. I know. I was like boring. <laughs> so boring. I was like again, like why even have him say that? Like why? Mm. Why couldn't she just have been allocated because she like. I kind of liked how the president was like, I've never heard of her. Like, why Why would it be this person? He's like, because she's good. Like, you know, because yeah. no reason. But I would have preferred it if maybe she'd just... Oh, it would have been trite if she'd randomly been in the group. Mm. But I don't know. I hated that. I hate... You know, I hate Billy. I have no time for him. Um, <laughs> so that was boring. And then she also <laughs> asked him for to get her a doctor um, because, remember, she's got cancer. Yeah. They kind of forgot about that for the last two episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was an interesting thing when Adama asked about it mm. and she said allergies. Mm. And given that in the past, that was exactly the excuse that was used by Cylons. Like, yeah. they were like, oh, I've just got allergies. And I was like, that's suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, definitely But would be you using know that. that that's how it's been said? Because didn't that guy say it to, you know, it was on the Anchorage. Yeah. Like, Adama heard that discussion mm. from that um, Cylon, but like, Roslyn didn't hear that. No, but so, it made like, me think yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that's the worst excuse think, you could use ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bad, bad idea. Like, say you've got diabetes or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so she is getting a doctor for her cancer mm-hmm. um, at some point. We haven't seen that doctor yet, though. Um, so then we go with Apollo to the Astral Queen where he asks for their help. I thought this was a really good scene. Mm. In, in an episode that was, yeah, lumpy, yeah. I thought this scene was great. I loved the fact that it was, like, really eerie with all the, like, silent cells and it was really empty and he goes on the loudspeaker and he's kind of like, you know we're going to help like anyone who helps us will get freedom points you can work off your debt like you know this is makes this kind of like a dharma-ish speech about like Mm. this is what we need to do to help the fleet and just no one reacts Mm. and all the doors open and it's just like Nah, Which no is one's so stepping risky, out. By the way, yeah. Like, oh, there's I know. Like five of us. Let's what open like, all the doors. Just seems so stupid. It does. <laughs> it makes sense when you like work out like how the um, coup happens. Mm. But yeah, so they open the doors. No one comes out, and then one guy at the very end of the hallway mm. comes out, and that guy is Tom Zarek, um, who is a um, a political radical, arguably a terrorist. Um, well, he's being jailed for being a terrorist. Yeah. So. Well, I love all the conversation about this, though, and the argument between yes. um, the D and Billy. Yeah, D and yeah. Billy, and, and how and Billy. she's yeah. from Sagittarian. Yeah. And he's like, oh, but it's legitimate. And she's like, no, I'm from there. And I disagree yeah. with his, um, his like, you I'm know, really glad they motives. had that scene, too, because yeah. it showed a bit, it humanized, like, the debate. And mm. it wasn't just like, 
Apollo being like having his thing. Yeah. But it showed how like you know a, a, a political figure like kind of reminded me of someone like Julian Assange mm. who like some people are like no I totally agree like and then other people are like nah he's a terrible person irregardless of the WikiLeaks stuff because of this 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 like yeah. just the different interpretations of like different elements of someone who's a political figure yeah absolutely and I mean I think that that's yeah absolutely and I think that's the case often um I mean you look at someone like Nelson Mandela for Mm. example and like Mm -hmm. he was convicted of terrorism and I think Mm. that it's not always as black and white Mm -hmm. as you know this person's a terrorist therefore bad so Mm -hmm. I really love the way that this episode shines light on the way that sort of terrorists see themselves yeah and And the way that other people interpret their movements because I think that political I mean, I think that, like, ultimately we can get into this later, but I think that um, what it's really talking about more than anything is that the role of violence in political proceedings. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I just think I, I like that they're constantly debating throughout mm-hmm. the episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's really yeah. good. And I think that that's something that Battlestar does really well, mm. where it isn't afraid to, we talked about this last week, like, lean into these kind of meaty topics and these, mm. like, what does it mean to run a, a civilization? Like, yeah. what are the topics that are going to face you know being um on on a mass level not just like oh like i'm an alcoholic or like you know i've mm. got repressed trauma um although we do have those things too um but i thought that that was interesting to like give it give everyone that time like mm. they actually let zarek give his opinions they yeah. let apollo have his opinions and it, the conversations between the yeah. two of them are really great yeah really mm. good so yeah anyway we're introduced to um tom zarek um Interestingly, Tom Zarek is played by an actor called Richard Hatch, and Richard Hatch actually played Apollo in the original Battlestar oh, Galactica cool. series. Yeah, so it's really cool watching him with Apollo. With Apollo, <laughs> because it's like my younger self, and he yeah. um he was very supportive of the the miniseries. I think we talked about in the miniseries how Starbuck yeah, yeah. actor was like, "There's a terrible, not old man, like mm. you know, ludicrous dude." Anyway, Richard Hatch down for it, like very you know, cool. And I thought he did a great like. How I think he. He's yeah. actually amazing in that charismatic yeah. leader role. Like yeah. he was just like I and I said to you I think earlier like um, he was cast really well, and mm-hmm. so it's great that he just like came out of the previous I know. series. I think it's it's so meta. Yeah, it's so meta. <laughs> like we could talk a lot about like what that all means for yeah. like recasting like the original like hero character as mm. like this terrorist and having giving him a really interesting role that he can because like Richard Hatch isn't that well known. Sorry, mm. Richard Hatch, if you ever listen to this, like he's not like you know a household name. But well, I mean the good thing about yeah. like sci-fi stars is that they're like really really well known yeah, by a very small right amount. People. People. <laughs> yeah. So I reckon if you had watched the original series mm. and you saw Richard Hatch show up, you mm. would be like, oh my God. Like it's, yeah. The only thing is it spoils one. Actually, they, they introduce him before the proper credits, mm. but then the proper credits are immediately after and he's mm. like billed as a guest star. So you're like, damn, guest star, like, you know, hasn't like appeared. Yeah. But they didn't spoil it in advance. Anyway, so yeah, Zarek steps out of the, um, his cell at the very end and Apollo's like who's this guy and then I think Billy's like oh my god it's Tom Zarek or yeah something, you know? like a, they they just know his face like yeah, immediately yeah and he um he has some dialogue with um Apollo where he kind of says like you're the master like we're the slaves you know mm. I can't speak to you unless you ask me a question and um it's an interesting 
little exchange because he's basically saying um, you can tell us what to do because we're slaves mm. um, and Apollo's like not wanting to actually play that role and then everything changes. Yeah, I think it's really interesting the way that he sees them as this victimised group of people mm-hmm. yeah. and it might be true that he is to a degree like and I think we go into mm. that a little bit of like he was, um, you know, he's in there because he had values and whatever mm-hmm. um, but obviously really wanted to achieve those values by violent means which you Mm -hmm. know is what it is but it's interesting the way he sees them as slaves victims like Mm -hmm. the oppressed Mm -hmm. but it's like you guys are criminals Mm -hmm. like it's not that you've been like you're from a particular you know colony and you've been thrown to the side like you guys have this kind of side thing right where Mm. they talk about how he um like it's it's obviously like he said she said yeah how some people are like no but like he had to go through all this to like raise awareness of this thing and then other people are like it's like terrorism though yeah Yeah. and that's the thing it's like that's always the argument and it's like so terrorism like as we know it now everybody seems to just think it's all islamic radicalism and that's a whole other conversation but actually throughout history it's been really really useful in anti-colonial movements Mm -hmm. um with the powerless versus the powerful and it's Mm -hmm. like when you don't have the money or the manpower, mm-hmm. this is your option, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. selling it like that, like, yeah, okay, you can see that that's definitely the case. But I mm-hmm. think that it's a bit of a stretch to say that we, as a repressed people, uh, like, aka the people who have been prisoners in, in prison society, for some for legal something. reason. And, you know, mm-hmm. different, and obviously we've got some prisoners who definitely are not great, as we'll see later in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, by but the, his language of oppression is really interesting. Yeah, it's like... In a way, I would say um, it's it's really, and it's a testament to how Hatch plays the character. Um, you don't, nece- I didn't necessarily feel that it was one way or the other, but that you could interpret it as him not wanting to really own the actions that he's taking by being like not not own, but like justifying them by mm. being like we're oppressed and we're taking this back because we're being treated like you know garbage. Or you could take it as, like, he understands all of that, but he's chosen to have this perspective because that's the, like, philosophy that fits best with, like, the actions he wants to take. Mm. I think we go, like, further in the episode into a bit of his motivations, which is another interesting conversation. He has some really good conversations with Apollo, Mm. as you said. Um, But, yeah, this is, like, their first conversation. He has, yeah, this initial kind of, well, you know, you're the the master, we're the slaves. Um, If you need everyone to do it, they'll do it or whatever. Um, And Apollo tries to make some common ground with him he kind of says look I read your book like I'm so great because I like read it even though it wasn't on the uni like that was really it's like of course you did everybody reads banned books they're the most interesting books to read (laughs) it's like you want to get a kid to read a book tell them it's banned they'll be there like the next day (laughs) they'll find a way to get it I feel like Zarek was kind of like that too like I feel like um, Apollo was trying to impress him by being like no I know what you mean because I've read your book and Zarek was like I don't give a shit at this point like yeah I read a lot of terrorist books and yeah (laughs) I don't know if I would (laughs) there's our soundbite (laughs) yeah Exactly. I know it's it's really funny as well because my um, housemate works in like um, like uh, digital forensics, so he like investigates crime online, and I'm like, oh god, I hope they don't check your own like Wi-Fi often <laughs> because I go down the biggest rabbit holes online. <laughs> terrorist organizations yeah everyone's google history is fucked if you look at it close enough yeah you have to look very closely at mine i get nervous (laughs) getting onto planes i'm like oh they're gonna oh yeah those those new laptop laws (laughs) they're coming for you um yeah so then there's a coup Mm. while they're talking it's Mm. like twist the they were playing them zarek's played them they're waiting to stage this coup and take 
take them prisoner instead, which mm. makes sense when you were like, why the fuck did you open all those doors? But then they also had it all in play anyway. Because yeah. the guy yeah. opened all the other doors yeah, as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they're, they're uh, pal. Yeah, in the guards. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, this as Apollo and Zarek are talking, I did think it was cool the way they let this play out. Like, mm. we see the guards kind of and the prisoners overpowering Billy and Dee and Callie. Because there's, like, group. not very not many of there. them. Yeah, because that was and terrible And they don't seem to have weapons decision. either. Yeah, and then they this overtake them and men. imprison them. Like, there's yeah. just one and a half thousand men. It's fine. No biggie. We're, we're fine. Yeah, yeah, criminals. But you yeah. guys will be right. Just I'll send in four of you. It's fine. <laughs> and then, yeah, um, Apollo's, like, you know, bashed and um, mm. held in the cell. Um, he does a good job, though, fighting. Yeah. Like, he, he gets, like, four men before yeah. he gets... I think this is the first episode. I wrote this, I think, later in my notes. But I think this is the first episode where I actually could see why Apollo was um, not... Like, he wasn't just a product of nepotism. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, he's actually good at, like, being yeah. a soldier. Because yeah. we've only really seen him be the cag. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, kind of manage other people. We mm. haven't seen him get into things directly yeah. so yeah he was boss I loved yeah. that especially because he's so short as yeah I know before. and you know that he's like reaching up yeah. you know <laughs> that's right he had to make up for it somehow yeah yeah um, yeah so that happens and um, Zarek reveals to Apollo that you know he wants to talk to his dad um, he pushes for information about Rosalind and Adama's relationship and mm. he he kind of um, he he gives an idea of what his like machinations may be but at this point he's just basically like I want to talk to your manager, to Apollo. Um, <laughs> that's like an adequate description, right? <laughs> talk to your yeah. daddy. Yeah. yeah. Talk to Zeus, as he says later in yeah, the Yeah, that's interesting. Zeus and Apollo. Yeah, but mm. I'm a Greek mythology nerd and I was down oh, for that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Of course you yeah. are. <laughs> I've yeah, always I wanted Greek to get mythology. into Greek mythology. Oh, Fantastic. Like, yeah, it's, I'm not like into it like that much now. Um, well, I mean, I got into it when I was little. I like loved reading about all of like classical mythology, Celtic mythology, Norse mythology. Seriously, like every parent read all the terrorism like books. You. I've read the mythology books. I know. To be honest, my... they're pretty violent too. Like all of like you know the old gods and stuff. It's pretty fucked. Mm. Like it's yeah. Anyway, shouldn't have read that when I was seven. Thanks, mum. That's and dad. right. I read Stephen King. I don't know. I think at least yours had some academic merit. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I use it in everyday life all the time. You know. Oh, it's so prevalent. In academia. Those really? you're reading through, I've seen so much academic stuff, and you're like, this is why it's inaccessible. You're <laughs> like, I'm such an Athena. <laughs> because <laughs> you're actually just like referencing like really high art always mm, in mm, things. Mm. Um, that's why I love that's like true. pop culture in academia. I think it's super important. Yeah. Um, I think we should nice be able to talk up. like this, you know, yep. kind of stuff. And I think actually Battlestar Galactica, um, all the you know original creators, obviously were into it too because yep. they named all the planets after you know like um, the star signs, and then they named all of like their key characters with either biblical or um, mythological uh, relations mm. so you know we can always talk more about that but we should probably move on um yeah so while that's all going on we go back to the Battlestar Galactica um where Bolt is on board again he and Starbuck have this exchange she's like with that kid I forget his name the one that um Boomer rescued off Caprica mm. um and we get to see Starbuck with her cigar and her glasses, which was great. But also I liked that Bolter was kind of like, oh, hey, what's up? And she was like, yeah, bye. <laughs> I'm, that's not yeah, a thing. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Oh, I wonder if she's a real blonde. And then okay. that made me wonder, how does she get access to hair dye in space that's anyway? That's true. Maybe she had it like <laughs> These are the real questions. just before. Like just before. But yeah, it should be like dying out by now, right? Yeah, or maybe she's got like a backlog of bleach. Maybe yeah, that's true. part of the. Yeah, um... maybe they just bleach it. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, maybe she's a Cylon and it's a wig. 
Real questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they have a sassy exchange. Um, and then she has like, we just see Starbuck um, running the um, the briefing and she kind of like I loved it chastises one of the pilots but in like the like broiest way possible like, which is like, great oh, 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 oh cut off with a cigar yeah exactly <laughs> and they love it yeah. all the pilots are like down for it like yeah. they're like oh you're not like you know our boring like serious boss you're our cool boss like yeah. everyone's you know having a good <laughs> I'm, time I'm a cool mom yeah it was it was like that though <laughs> um, but I think that uh, I think they they touch on this later in the episode uh, the like the idea of like leadership and like um, different ways of leading mm. and I think this is where, why maybe they accentuated Ty at the beginning mm-hmm. yelling at everybody mm-hmm. as yeah, so it's a real different show yeah. of like leadership yeah. and then obviously you've also got um, uh, uh, no no uh, Zarek oh, um, you've also yeah. got him and his sort of like charismatic mm-hmm. leadership mm-hmm. as well and like mm-hmm. the way he's sort of like he's controlling like thousands of like yeah. a couple of thousand of men but even in that first scene where they're all like Zarek Zarek when he like walks out yeah. like he just elicits that response from people yeah they're like like cult supporters yeah absolutely so it's like it's in this within this episode there's, there's different forms different of leadership styles. yeah and, good call mm. um but yeah ty watches starbuck um talk to you know all the pilots and he's not happy about that and We're he has smoking. another yeah <laughs> has another sassy exchange with her about smoking and i love kid. how the kid yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like where where are you supposed to like go to your parents he's like my parents are dead like, <laughs> where are your parents yeah. like, it was great i don't really care about that kid at all no but i was like cool good for you that's a great line i hope yeah. that kid is now like you know 30 or whatever and uses that to like pick up girls or like Battlestar Galactica fans or something because like yeah. that was his moment, was his moment. <laughs> he didn't he didn't really add anything you else wanted to, to use it anything, but women? good for him okay, fair enough uh so yeah it's horrible that, hair. That, yeah it's true <laughs> I kind of wondered yeah, if he horrible. was a Cylon is he a Cylon <laughs> um that could be a prediction let's <laughs> explore that I, yeah. I think that your laughter has told me everything I need to know <laughs> hey there are many copies yeah, there are many there copies. are many copies and we know there's a Cylon on board the Galactica yeah possibly more yeah <laughs> um yeah so they have that conversation that was kind of like you know just to your point it was around leadership and mm. who you know who's doing what um and then we go to bolter and adama um i was so so happy in this scene to just like see bolter knock it away with something through talking intellectual oh. jargon and for adama to be like do you or do you not have this detector? I was yeah. like, thank God. Like, Bolter's like, well, because uh, he must look fucking crazy because he's he always like so crazy. I was thinking people, about that. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like reacts. He reacts yeah. to six all the time. So like if you're a Dharma, you just be like, yeah. This guy is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, that's the one line from Billy we can agree was fantastic. Yeah, that was good. Just that one. But yeah, I love how like, yeah, Bolter's like, blah, 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 like trying to talk about art. And Adama's like, do you have my Cylon detector? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And side note, I love how much Adama loves books and art, mm. and that even on this like, because I mean, it says a lot. And I think we talked about this. Did we talk about this last week? We were talking about like humanity and what's like what human. And I love oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I love that there is like this love for art and this mm. love for books, mm. and that he's obviously collected them and kept them there. It's mm-hmm. like his little. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was really nice. No, me too. I liked it, and I like that it's not a big deal. You know, like we mm. we see it, but we don't talk about it the whole time. It's just set up, like yeah. with the books last episode. Um, so yeah, you know, Bolter hallucinates. He's seen Six again. I love that Six really also gets in his face mm. and he's like, no. Like, she kind of shows her hand. Like, mm. I think this is the first time we've seen her not be like, ha, 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 ha. Like, yeah. I know something you don't know. But yeah. she's like, no, you're going to do this. This is what you need to ask for because mm. he's, like, inept. Um, and he just faffs around. But and he's so putting she, a lot yeah. of trust in him. Uh, yeah. He's putting a lot of trust in her. Yeah. Like, to say that she's like, oh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm definitely a Cylon 
but then also I'm going to give you this like and she makes it sound like it was a favor to him that mm-hmm. she was protecting him mm-hmm. when um, she's like good boy but then yeah at the same time she's like good boy I'm like who are you like yeah what's this your is deal? whole thing about Cylons and love and yeah yeah what do they do it yeah mm. yeah and like is she a chip on in his brain like how does she have the intel that she has then why does she share it with him knowing that he's like working for the good guys so to speak Ooh, um, our version of the good guys yeah, and exactly. i mean that's what we're talking about in this episode so <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but then also if that's the case then she would have the intel to report back in theory yeah true um goes so that's ways. yeah it goes yeah. both ways so it's an interesting discussion i'm sure it will unfold mm. over time mm-hmm so hard not to binge watch (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was just really happy in this scene to like actually see bolton not be rewarded for like faffing about Mm. um and i liked the way that as he was like i'm going to need a nuclear warhead like he kind of realized (laughs) one million dollars (laughs) (laughs) yes it was and he was just you see james callis our mate being like oh (laughs) had to friend of the show show. shout out shout out to friend of the show james callis (laughs) we love you b (laughs) no i I love that he's like oh that's what i'm gonna ask for and adam is like okay yep i'll think about it and yep. then he's like because of blah 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 plutonium blah 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 and mm. adam is like okay cool you can have one yeah um but <laughs> we'll i thought it, it was, yeah yeah i just love i think they've got great like the foil the mm. two of them they're like t- such different um physical actors and the way they enunciate and their characters it was yeah it was a cracking scene i liked it mm. um yeah Meanwhile, after that, we saw uh, we had an update on Boomer and Tyrrell from last episode. Mm. So they're having like a conversation about the warheads. Ty interrupts them. There was a lot of Ty just being like omnipresent, like this episode. <laughs> like he was like everywhere snooping. Maybe on that's our everyone. religious theme on this one. Is like yeah. <laughs> Ty is watching. Yeah, um, yeah. So I love that he like interrupted them hugging and was like, "Ugh!" Like yeah. he made this noise and was like, <laughs> "My thoughts always." But he was like, "Ugh." Yeah, <laughs> just really, it was good. And um, yeah, you know, Tira runs away and he's basically like, well, he tells him to leave. And he's mm. like, you don't honestly think you've been fooling everyone, do you? Yeah. Like everyone knows what's going on. And I love that Boom is like, oh my God, he knows about, you know, this thing. Mm. And then he's just like, no, like you and Tyrrell need to like stop what you're doing because you're his um, senior officer yeah. and it's not okay. And I like that they illustrated that it was because she was a senior officer that it was up to her mm. um, because for... Um, I mean, yeah, I, rather than it being a gendered thing of like, it's not okay for you to do this because you're the woman. It was like, you yeah. are the superior officer and you need yeah. to let it go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we just got a note from our producer. Important update on that kid with the bad haircut uh-huh. with the sassy line. Also, if you're into X-Men, which I am, <laughs> surprise, hey, um, the yes. original X-Men Brian Singer film. Um, which was 2000 X-Men. Two, oh, X2 was it? It was Ooh. X2, so the second Actually, one. Actually, my favorite. Of he that does X2. look familiar. He's the kid that changes the channel yeah. with his eyes when like Wolverine's also like, with what are you hair. watching? And he's like, click, click, click. Yeah, terrible hair. I wonder if that And that was kid's, like, like, memorable. Like, maybe that was actually a genius move by his, like, momager. Yeah. like, we're just going to give his you a real bad haircut. Like, <laughs> no one you know, will ever forget Jenner you. That's a Chris Jenner move. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, savage, but yeah. smart. Yeah, very smart. No, mm. I do recognize... Now you say that, I do recognize I know, him. right? Well, thanks, now, thanks, producer thanks, Tom. Thanks, producer Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that Boomer and Tyrrell scene. Do you think there's anything more to say about that? I kind of just like that we know she's the superior officer and that 
that's why it's not okay like army yeah. protocol thing it was funny because like weirdly um i was watching the west wing this week because i'm mm. in denial yeah. about what's happening <laughs> in politics and even though the west wing is like i just hugely wish sexist i love martin sheen yeah. i wish everyone wanted to like you know build a rainbow of plant daisies because <laughs> we love politics so much absolutely <laughs> and um and they did have an episode um which and you know i mean aaron Sorkin doesn't always talk about gender very well but it was an episode about a very senior female officer having a relationship with someone below her um you know and then in my mind I kind of thought that had actually happened in real life and then I had to remember that it was actually the west wing and not the real world but they had a really big conversation about gender and and expectation and how like um a lot of male senior officers have engaged in these relationships and it's not frowned upon as much so yeah yeah, I think the way it was handled was really well it was nothing about gender it was all about like this is inappropriate you're the superior officer it's up to you to fix this totally mm. agree um so after that we hit we went back to the astral queen mm. where zarek is keeping the crew prisoners and he basically says he won't release them until the president resigns because she's not um the official president because it was rigged because there wasn't an election to choose her which, which is-, is not really true like <laughs> i mean when it's like if i mean obviously we're in australia the system is a little bit different i imagine we have a new prime minister who like a couple months. of years yeah. yeah um but and it's a different thing because we do nominate a party but i think that even in like in the united states if you're talking mm. about the way their system works like anybody who's in government is an elected official by someone for well, better or worse well in theory that's true but i mean we can talk about the electoral college another time <laughs> but in theory like she has been elected by someone and she was mm-hmm. in the process mm-hmm. like the legitimate leader and i like that yes. we go into yes and that, that. that was made really clear in the mini series mm. because she was what like 42nd in line yeah or whatever. which so, for better or worse yeah, is was the way line. that it is yeah. and there was a line and she was elected by yeah. someone um and she's not in prison for being a political terrorist no exactly so, you know there's that yeah um yeah but i thought that was an interesting scene i thought it was really interesting to your point before when zarek does that like we're the children like our children are humanity's future or mm. like he says like pretty much what we'll get to the silent occupied caprica stuff i know we haven't got to that yet but it's always like the last thing yeah right? we'll do it later um yeah he has a really really similar line to what um the six in that scene says mm. like almost word for word yeah and i just much. thought that was like Either it was hokey writing because they wanted to be really like, hey, this is the theme, mm. you know, have you got it yet? <laughs> um, or it was like, does he have ties to Cylons? Like, is there, mm. does does he share similar beliefs? Is this, a, is this like political interference and Cylon plot mm. to like create instability in the fleet? Like, Interesting, I didn't I just, think about that. Yeah, I thought that was super weird for him to have such a similar line. Yeah. Or it was just bad writing and I'm reading into it. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> um, yeah, that definitely was. I think it's. I think it said like two or three times in mm, the in the mm-hmm, show. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he wants to call. He wants to t- speak to Adama. Um, Rosalind and Adama are arguing over kind of how to deal with him, what to do with Sarek, and uh, Rosalind has that like we don't negotiate with terrorists line, mm. um, which I was like, mm, really? Could we not have had a different, better line? But yeah. you know, that was probably relevant to the politics yeah. of the, start, the it, time like, it seems a bit harsh that he's attacking her as well considering yeah. in back in episode whenever she was the one who was like you must keep them there yeah exactly mm. yes like the fact that she was the one that um you know stood up for the astral queen and was like they're still people like yeah. we need to you know make this work i thought that was um yeah that was weird yeah um and then we also see more arguing on the galactica when starbuck and ty are arguing on her helping so adama says to um starbuck that they're going to 
after his disagreement with Rosalind, he's mm. like, well, we're not going to negotiate with them, so we're going to send you and some, well, send a team to the Astral Queen mm-hmm. to take it by force. Mm-hmm. And Starbuck's like, well, I'm the best shooter, so I'm going to go. Um, and I love that, like, Ty it ends up agreeing, and he's like, yeah, she is the best shooter. Like, yeah. you know, I can agree with that. And yeah. Adama's like, whoa. What is this what crazy is the- world? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, like, the most emotive I've ever seen him be, <laughs> too. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, oh, wonders never cease, mm. he said. Yeah. Just never cease. Um, yeah, so they go, like, Starbuck and her team start heading towards the Astral Queen. Um, and then we have a few scenes on the Astral Queen where um, Billy and Duala have a talk. She's kind of like, I don't know why the fuck I'm even in this team. And he's like, mm, you know, I, I suggested you because you're so professional. Like, you know. <laughs> this has nothing to nothing do with to anything do with else. Nothing else I want from you. Yeah. But I like D or Duala. Like, should we call her D? I feel Let's like call her D. Yeah. I like D. She's sassy. Yeah. She was just D's like, yeah, whatever. Name. When yeah. she was like, you know, meet some new people. Get yeah, out get of the like, house. Get yeah. out of the CIC. <laughs> I was like, good for you, D. Yeah. Like, you know, silver lining. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Callie is having a shit time because she's right next to some like super creepy guy who's oh, like, don't mock me, little moment, girl. Like, yeah. From yeah. the moment that he talks to her, I'm like, oh, I've got that like uneasy feeling. Mm, your skin just starts you get, crawling. You just know exactly what that interaction is yeah. from the minute. It's like, you know. And it always starts like that. Like yeah. that. Like, why don't you just smile? Yeah. Like, just be nice. Like, I'm giving you a compliment. It's like that guy at the bar who's just like, oh, I just asked for a drink. And then mm. it just escalates and escalates and escalates. Mm. It's just ridiculous. It's like, I think all women have this inherent knowledge of like that situation and how it's going to play out yeah Mm. yeah so that was kind of a creepy scene um leading into you know stuff that happens later in the episode then we have a scene with um zarek and apollo um they continue this kind of philosophical argument and this is where zarek really gets his monologue you know and he he talks about apollo's name and the name of the gods and the greek mythology and you know i love that like he has this huge rant and then it kind of ends by him being like oh zeus is calling yeah (laughs) i also i also like um I like I like Apollo a lot in this episode, and mm, I like when um, yeah I like when Zarek says I thought you said you respected me, and Apollo is like that's before you resorted to violence. So yeah. it's like ideologically I'm happy to engage with you, mm-hmm. but like I don't agree with this part of your ideology, mm-hmm. which is the violence. And I think that that's sort of um, echoed when Rosalind I think she's talking to Adama or someone, and she's saying that she saw him in the court, mm. and that he um, he was offered if he could just mm. say sorry, mm. and she's like um, that he yeah, would about using violence and him. say to yeah. not use violence in the future. Yeah. And so it's like I think ideologically we're getting an idea that maybe he wasn't completely out of line in the ideology that he had, mm. but it's how the he chose means to of doing it, it. Yeah. Um, which I think is really uh, good the way they outline that. Yeah, and it sets up like um, you know to this theme of picking sides mm. it sets up that Apollo and Rosalind actually do have pretty similar beliefs like they believe in like fair and just trial and um, systems and mm. democracy but they're also by by agreeing with that they have to believe in like the accountability that mm. that allows for people and that people need to participate in a democracy yeah but I mean that's a whole buy-in of like democracy mm. in the first place isn't it yeah. it's like you have the state and you've got an agreement with the state that you'll live by the rules and it's quite mm. funny that um, he's that uh, Zarek is like leading a a, a, a ship of um, criminals mm-hmm. to stand up for democracy and freedom and fairness and mm-hmm. the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, but you guys haven't bought into that contract mm-hmm. yet because mm-hmm. you're criminals mm-hmm. and you've obviously 
so it's weird that he's trying to defend a system that yeah it's a catch they, 22 yeah it's, it's kind of interesting I yeah. think that he's not he's not really thinking about he's just kind of using the um, the people that he he's has taking he's, the advantages yeah but it's really about him and maybe yeah. he is an honourable person in the way that he well I mean we get into mm. that later but mm. yeah yeah um yeah, so their call is kind of into, or their discussion, I should say, is interrupted by um, Adama calling um, and Zeus calling, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, Adama's kind of like, you know, he wants him to concede. He asks again for them to do something um, to release, you know, their hostages and to um, stand down. Um, and Zarek demurs, like he's just like, no, nah, not going to do that. Mm. Um, and I've already told you I'm not going to, and so. And he also calls out Adama by being like, you're already sending ships, like, at me. Mm. You know, it's like not, you're asking me to play fair and you're not. Mm. Um, and then when um, when he kind of gets off the phone, Apollo calls it and says, like, you know, you want you want them to attack the ship. Like, you mm. want to create chaos. You want it to be a bloodbath. Mm. Um, but then I think he incorrectly identifies it as being like a blaze of glory. Um, more about using that military force you know, without the political buy-in. Like, you're not playing... You want to engage in this democracy, but you're not prepared to actually engage with it. You mm. just want to, like, take it by force. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that scene, that happens. And then as the guys are on their way, so Starbuck and her team are pretty close to the ship, um, things escalate with that creepy dude next to Callie's cell. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's yuck. Yeah. <laughs> but also awesome. But also awesome. And I love that Dee's just like... Oh, we're trained for this. And I was like, I just assumed because, like, you know, I think that this is pretty believable that mm. it was, like, a rape threat. Like, I was just like, oh, he's going to oh, rape her. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You could tell that's what was happening in yeah. the way that he the way that he took her out of yeah, the... Yeah, it was super awful. Yeah, it was awful. Um, it was like, I don't think I have your respect. And when Dee was actually like, oh, she's been trained in this situation, I was like, is this, like, trained to, like, survive being raped? Mm. Like, I didn't actually... I didn't quite know where that was going to go, but then it like totally pays off because like Starbuck and the other guys show up thinking that they're killing the hostages, but actually Callie just bit that guy's ear off, which is amazing. <laughs> and like, like all the blood on her face. Like, she's so just like, good. I mean, she's obviously terrified and traumatized, and mm. I think we see like that this is like a, a still in, like hugely stressful experience for her. But I just love that that's the turn it took. Oh, absolutely. Like, it was, yeah, it was a great twist of like yeah. what I thought was just going to be like her being like raped and it being a plot point which is something that happens mm. all the time mm -hmm. in war and it's always used as a as a tool uh, against mm -hmm. people and so i just love that she was trained um, yeah. to bite off his ear and then the <laughs> line later when we come back to it of like oh he's glad that's like he's lucky that's not yeah. all i fear and i was like yes <laughs> yes girl yes, bitch. yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so starbuck and the other guys get there they see callie like what's happened um and as this is kind of happening um Zarek and Apollo, you know, they hear this, they mm. go and see it, and Zarek's kind of faced with, like, the fact that, like, one, like, that, you know, this guy's going to kill one of the hostages. Mm. Um, he's, like, crazy guy wants to kill Callie. Um, and I really liked the way that Apollo quickly turned it around and was like, okay, we're going to give you all these things, but this is what we need to work out. And, like, he, he kind of made a... He did negotiate with the mm. terrorist, but I would say it was, like, a good solution. It was fair. It was, like, appropriate to the democracy that they're supposed to be upholding. Yeah. Um, and as we learn later, you know, it all does kind of make sense. But at the time, I think we actually, again, see him be really effective and see him earn his status. Mm, absolutely. And I think that... Um from Zarek's perspective, like Apollo does call it out and say, is this the civilization? Like, is this is the man that you're, mm. you, you know, that you think deserve to have a voice kind of thing. And yeah. um, I think that um, from Zarek's perspective is sort of seeing like exactly 
what like it kind of delegitimizes his sort of civility yes. argument. Yeah, you think that it's like this philosophical debate, but like you're going to have people in your like cult in your team that mm. like don't think that same thing mm. and they take advantage of it for their own you know nasty reasons. Mm. Um, yeah, so that was a really cool scene. So you know Apollo um, then um, Apollo uh, like. Starbuck is trying to um, is with the snipers and she's going to take out Zarek and then Apollo pushes Zarek out of the way. I don't know how he psychologically like I could, maybe he saw like the laser. I don't know how he like knew that. Oh, Starbuck I think he was, saw the laser. Okay, I must yeah. have missed that. Yeah, so he you can see him the out red the dot way. on his head. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he's kind of like you know everyone's like guns down, arms down. Um, Starbuck doesn't need to like display, although she did display I would say her good sniper skills oh, by yeah. being like bam ready to do it. Um, but I'm really glad that Zach didn't die because I think he's a really interesting character and I yeah. want to see more from him. Mm. Um, why did you think he was crying at the end? Um, I think that he came way too close to death. Um, and I've got uh, yeah I, we can talk about it now actually, but like mm. I think there's a really interesting thing about charismatic leaders mm-hmm. and why they lead, and I think. He spouts off all these ideals and and whatever, and I think this is touched on in the episode, but it does seem like what he's after is is all about ego and glory Mm, mm. um, and legitimacy for what he's done and for being in prison, Mm. um, which I think is a really interesting conversation to have. So I think that that's why he's crying. I think that he espouses all these values and he says all these things, but at the end of the day, like a lot of charismatic leaders, Mm. he is looking out for number one and for his glory, particularly because he's been in prison for 20 years. And I think that maybe he started out being Mm -hmm. more genuine, ideological. but I think that um, as time's gone by, he's trying to sort of cling on to this idea of him being the good guy mm-hmm. um that's how yeah, it's i like read he's it. mourning yeah who he could have been or yeah how do you read mm-hmm. it no i just thought it was interesting i was curious about it i thought that um you know just before apollo turns it around he kind of says to him i'm not going to give you the satisfaction of being killed mm. and i almost thought that was like him recognizing that maybe on a level like that was how he saw himself um going out in a blaze of glory as yeah. he said um rather than having to yet yeah, actually be like okay well i'm gonna stand for this and mm. like that might be failing and actually failing in a different way um yeah it but was i mean you look at political organizations that use violence in the past and you have things happen like with the ira in ireland mm. um and you know they had this whole um violent movement and then mm. a lot of them started cooperating with the british government and like they, they formed a political party and mm-hmm. then there's still an offshoot of like the real IRA who is mm-hmm. still violent. And I think that within any organization, it's like they talk and talk and talk yeah. and talk about wanting to participate. Yeah. But when it comes down radicalist. to it, I mean, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's this whole conversation about um, like freedom mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and earning freedom. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, yeah, okay. So you can earn freedom by doing hard labor and helping out the colonies, or you can earn freedom by having an, having a coup. Mm. And it's like, that's maybe the quicker path. Mm-hmm. But if you really believe in the things that you're talking about, maybe the best thing to do is, you know, go through the hard yards. And I think maybe earn he's it. crying for that as well. Mm. I mean, mm. It's harder. Yeah. No, I think you're bang on. Yeah. Um, so after that, that scene, you know, Zarek, um, obviously is, um, taken, you know, pacified, so to speak. Um, we have kind of a follow-up between Apollo, Adama and Roslyn and Apollo, um, basically says that the prisoners have been given full control of the Astral Queen, but they're disarmed and they've agreed to organize the workforce, um, to remove that ice from the moon. Um, however, the condition of that is that, um, Zarek can run as, um, in the elections, which are in seven months because that's when the president's term is up. And 
you know, I think that uh, Roslyn and, and Apollo are pretty agreeable at this point where her term is legally up in seven months. She so. does kind of push it at the yeah. beginning. And I love how he's like, this is what we made. Like, this is this what we are. Yeah. This is what our government is. We have to uphold this and otherwise. if I'm you know, not upholding that, yeah. then I don't have to answer to either of you anyway. Yeah. And I loved that moment. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting. Um, there's a real, like, between Adama and, um, and Roslyn, um, there's a real paternal vibe mm. um, and I know mm-hmm. that this is kind of like the same as like in Buffy there's like the Giles and Joyce thing and Giles mm. is like I know you don't watch Buffy but basically mm-hmm. like Giles is her watcher and him and her mother have this real like because she doesn't have a father mm. it's like well he's not around then he's, he's kind of like her paternal figure mm-hmm. and I feel like it's sort of a similar thing like mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. he's your son kind of thing yeah. but the way that they addressed yeah, him was very like a very yeah, mom paternal and dad. Yeah. yeah but I like that he stood up to them and I yeah. like that his reasons and I yeah really liked him in this episode yeah this was definitely the first episode where I felt like um, he got time as a character for Mm. us to really like him but it also yeah it demonstrated his intellect his background his capabilities Mm. in a way that I think maybe has been shown to theoretically be the case but we haven't seen demonstrated Um, although then we had that other hokey line from Adama where he was like I guess you finally picked your side like yeah yeah. and it's like yeah I picked the side of like the government and upholding the law like it's not you know yeah not something crazy not crazy violence yeah um yeah and then yeah so they had that scene which yeah i I thought that was good there was that weird scene between starbuck and ty where she gives him some of her water and he's like it's water and she's like like, fucking yes i've got personal problems you know um and he's like you know he's like my problems are professional yours are personal which other way way around around. my problems personal yours professional Professional. which Which was uh, like you know mm -hmm. never misses a dig yeah Um, they still have such weird sexual vibes and they always stand so close together it's so weird it's so weird they're so close together it's bizarre it's distressing i just don't want anything to happen there i'll be like shook to my core um but anyway they had that weird scene and then there was another scene with callie and tyrell and her mates coming to cheer her up and yeah as you said she's like these lucky that's the only thing i bit off kind of thing i was like yes yes (laughs) um and the final episode uh we will touch on cylon occupied caprica but final episode uh final scene of this episode on the Galactica was where, um, well, actually it was on Colonial One. The mm. Apollo Apollo goes to the president. Um, she kind of agrees with him about his decision. So, yeah, to your point, you know, she may have been kind of not so thrilled about having to go up for re-election in seven months in the, the earlier conversation. But then she admits to Apollo that, you know, I might not be here anyway because mm. I've got cancer and I, you know, don't know how long I'm going to live. Mm. Um, and I, I like that she tells him about it but then she's like you know i'm worried that this knowledge of my illness will erode hope so yeah. that's why i'm keeping it a secret yeah um no i think that's really good and yeah. i like um i mean and i think this is shown in Rosalind's character a lot i like how she sometimes reacts straight away mm-hmm. and then thinks about it mm-hmm. and then comes back and says mm-hmm. oh actually you were right you did the right and thing and she can admit that mm. like adama never admits it like you no. we know as the audience that like he will know he's wrong or whatever And i think we see him try to kind of you know patch up things like through his own way but yeah there's just that old school mm. way of like the military way of like bottling yeah. things up which is not helpful no um oh yeah and so we had two scenes on silent occupied caprica 
not very much happened this week. You know, Hilo and um, Caprica Boomer reached th- the big city. Mm. Love like Hilo's like, this is why I never go to the big city. I was <laughs> Great like, <line>. cool. <laughs> oh no, I think he says that no one helps you or something. Yeah, it was like it was just, I just loved. It. I thought it was good. I liked it. It was a yeah, bit but funky, you love him because nice. he's a dollhouse. Right? Hey, come on. <laughs> Bye. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was empty except for rats and dead bodies and yeah, you know, unpleasant. She's playing the damsel super well. Mm. Is that what they mean when they say she's good? Because this is the I thing that threw so. me. It's because they say she's good. And I wonder if that is because she is pretending to be human good. And so this is the way, like, when you said at the beginning of the episode when you were like, they think they're human. Mm. But then for them to turn around and be like, oh, mm. she's really good. Mm. It's like, well, does she know that mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. not human? I think because... the show is, like, playing with our, our yeah. expectations. Yeah. Particularly because we know there's two boomers. Yeah. And the, we've actually already seen... Like, I would say from that scene, we've seen that the Caprica Boomer and the Galactica Boomer actually are quite different. Mm. Like, their personalities are similar to a point, but, like, I can't see... Like, Galactica Boomer, when she was, like, hysterical last episode, she wasn't like, oh, I'm going to faint. She was yeah. just, like, shook up. Whereas, like, this one was like, oh, my God, so overwhelming. Oh, my God, a thing. dead body. And it's like, yeah. bitch, please. You're a soldier. Yeah. Like, you've seen some <laughs> things, you know? Yeah, that was interesting. I thought that scene between Six and the other Cylon, who I think we'll call Aaron Doral for now, because mm-hmm. that was, um, yeah. remember, he was the one in the miniseries that was accused and then proven to yeah. be a Cylon. <laughs> but we don't know what number he is, I don't think. Yeah. Um, they talk about them, yeah, being where children of humanity and then he's like well parents have to die for children to come into their own Which and i was is like really Whoa, interesting i thought you're about a sociopath. that yeah absolutely <laughs> but i think there is a real like children parent theme of this episode yeah, in yeah. a way that's true and actually it was making me think about all the baby boomer arguments that we've been having like in <laughs> australia this week and i think yeah. it even filtered out like out overseas this time about mm-hmm. all these like oh the millennials just need to stop the buying coffee debate. and avocado yeah. the <laughs> avocado debate it's ridiculous <laughs> but it made me think about that i'm yeah. like maybe that's that's the solution. <laughs> this sociopath's onto you heard something. It here first. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely the um uh, he's got strong opinions. Mm. Um but I think we've <laughs> we're starting to see So did Hitler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like the way though him and um six have that kind of we're starting to see like the Cylon personalities mm. almost. Like you know how Six has like even all the different Sixes have pretty alive? much been the same. <laughs> yeah. Are you alive? Let's make out. Whereas this one's like, nope, I hate everyone. They could all die. Like yeah. whatever. Um yeah, it was interesting. Like maybe different models have different philosophies. Mm. Or um were they programmed to have that? Have they just developed it? Like they definitely don't have the same opinion. Yeah, no. it was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting to see that different, um, like that they do share differences in their mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, interesting that there's only twelve models. Mm. Yeah, many copies. Many copies. <laughs> many copies. Many copies. Um, yeah, I think that's a beat by beat done. That was pretty long. Um, you know, thanks for bearing with us on that beat by yeah, beat. Yeah, we'll try so and get through the things. themes pretty fast. We have been yeah. discussing them quite a lot throughout the episode, yeah. anyway. Um, I guess the main, um, one of the main ones is society. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of said that as like a catch all phrase for like all the discussions that are going on, um, about freedom, mm-hmm. law, government, fairness. I think fairness is a really interesting one. Um, so obviously they've got discussions in this episode of slave labor, mm-hmm. um, wh- how, who deserves freedom, I mm-hmm. guess is coming into that. So like, as I said price. earlier, mm. yeah, the hard labor versus the uprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, um, and I think the opposing views of Apollo and Zurich, uh, Zarek, 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 uh, Apollo is like, we need a government and Zarek is like, we need to be free. Yeah. But in my opinion, I mean, freedom, anarchy, not a thing that's going to work. Mm. I think like having a government is in 
in a, like a democracy is kind of the best version of free that we've mm-hmm. come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that that it's was freedom a, to a point that people can actually like function without, collectively. Yeah. And safely. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I thought that that was a really interesting difference, mm-hmm. um, especially because um, I think at the end, I think is it Apollo? He says like, you are vouching for like democracy and consent of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's weird. They're kind of having the same argument. It's like mm. when people talk over each other, but they're not mm. really actually, they're talking about the same thing. They're not listening. Realize it. Mm. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting, I don't know if you have anything to add on the society front. I mean, that was my catch all phrase for like, mm-hmm all of those things mm-hmm, that are mm-hmm. interconnected that we've been talking about, about through the episode. Yeah, no, I think it comes back to those discussions we've had like in the past and in this episode about, yeah, like how how do you um what how do you set rules to govern a society like in a new um in a new form of society? Like they don't technically have states or territories, mm. but they still need to have some semblance of organization and um, democracy so that people feel connected to each other because otherwise everyone will probably just kill each other off. Mm. You know, like to that Which point about ridiculous. not telling people about if, if that they're Cylons that look like humans mm. because everyone would kind of become so paranoid and start accusing their neighbors of being Cylons. Like, mm. yeah, you've got to control the group. Yeah. For better or worse. You know, Zarek obviously doesn't believe that that's true, but he's politically savvy enough to realize at the end when he's offered this kind of option yeah. by Apollo that he's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to have to play ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess the other, the next theme that I sort of saw um, is to do with violence and power and respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see it kind of in a couple of different stories. So obviously we see it in, um, in Zarek's story of violence as a means to gain respect um, mm-hmm. in terms of giving them a voice and, and getting meeting their demands. Um, and we see Rosalind's kind of, you know, opinion of that. Um, I guess um, we know that Adama and Ty are quite military, mm-hmm. so they obviously do advocate for violence, and that's mm-hmm. a really interesting question. Mm-hmm. I mean, violence seems to be okay when it's the state. Justified, yeah. yeah. And so, like, this is a difference Necessary between terrorism violence. and war, yeah. right? Is yeah. Terrorism is illegitimate force, mm-hmm. and, and war is necessary. Um, and so I think that's a really interesting conversation to be had. Yeah, because it's, like, it's legitimate to who? Exactly. Like, if you're the ruling party, so to speak, and you've got military, then, like, it's if you give the order, it's legitimate because you're legitimate. Yeah. But if you're doing the same thing but you're not coming from that same structure then it's Ill- illegitimate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can see this in history. Like if you think mm. about, you know, the IRA, as we mentioned before, um, you know, an- anti-colonial movements in um, in like Algeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we look back in history and we're like, well, that was quite legitimate actually. Mm-hmm. Like they and they used what they had to actually try and mm. make a point. Um, and I, I think that um, there is a lot of l- language here around oppression. I think that at one point, um, Zarek says, uh, oh, I've written it down somewhere. Oh, isn't it always better when the repressed don't fight back? Mm. And so it is kind of that. Um, and I mean, I disagree with his idea of who is oppressed. Yeah. yeah. But and I also, what constitutes fighting back? Yeah. But I mm. also agree that it is important to speak um, truth to power mm-hmm. and that sometimes violence is the means by which powerless organizations 
do it. Seek that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting discussion. And I like the way that that conversation between Billy and Dee is going on throughout the whole thing of mm-hmm. like, you know, what is what is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see it in a kind of smaller way with the rape attempt with Callie. Mm-hmm. And it is really the language around that. Like, I don't think I have your respect. Mm. Um, calling her a little girl. It's like mm. that real, um, like, misogynistic mm-hmm. um, power that is being maintained. And I think the fact that this was written by a female has yeah. some, some grounding in that dialogue Absolutely. And, and that exchange. But, I mean, you can talk mm. about terrorism. And, mm. and obviously, we, we put a lot of focus on terrorism. But at the end of the day, domestic violence is a much bigger mm-hmm. threat and a much bigger killer. And it does often come from that. It's coming yeah. from the same thing. It's the power yeah. structures that people are trying to gain and maintain. Yeah. Um, you know, domestic violence is, uh, has been called by some theorists the real terrorism. Mm. Um, why don't we call it terror? But I remember when I saw Gloria Steinem speak last year and she was talking about, I don't, did you go to her talk? Mm-hmm. No. I, she had a really interesting um, point that she brought up where, like, every time um, there are, like, you know, acts of war or um, political persecution or, like, you know, you've got these kind of. Um, like larger societal issues usually from war there is a higher percentage of like women being you know mistreated and And post-war as well yeah and she's like you can't look at those things in isolation because every time you see this rise that that is a runoff of these effects so Mm. why don't we treat this kind of behavior across the world as being indicative of a larger you know pronounced problem Mm. well i've been doing a lot of reading lately on the relationship between um misogyny and masculinity and Mm -hmm. terrorism Mm -hmm. and it is really interesting if you look at kind of you know everybody's like oh well what drives a terrorist and i mean for starters i think we often neglect to call things terrorism that are terrorism but mm. if you look in almost any terrorist manifesto or if you look into like the organization ideals or mm. whatever mm. it's misogyny is rife through all of it mm-hmm. it's just you know coming back to tradition tradition so whether that be a right-wing organization whether that be like someone like um you know elliot roger who did the mm-hmm. isla vista shootings mm-hmm. um uh, or Dylan Roof, you know, even Dylan Roof said you rape our women when mm. he killed a bunch of people in Charleston. So mm. all Anders Bering Breivik, it's all throughout his and the feminization mm. of men and the need mm. for men to stand up. And, and it's funny that we, uh, it's not funny at all, but it's interesting that we keep looking at terrorism and being like, but we don't understand why. Mm. But when you look at sort of the demographics of the world, high youth unemployment, overeducated sort of mm. men who are losing their place in the world as men, mm. it seems to me very obvious. So I think that it was mm. great that they put this terrorism story with this kind of rape story mm-hmm. and it's like a very they interwoven yeah. theme. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I'm really glad, like weird to say, I'm glad like they included <laughs> this plot with Callie, but I am glad that like they showed it's not, it wasn't just like Zarek being kind of like this figurehead. There were runoff effects of the people that follow him and how mm. they would interpret his um, leadership or his uh, philosophy. Yeah. I mean, touched on like the charismatic leader, but um, it is really interesting and it would, it would have been interesting, I guess, from a story perspective to see what would happen if something had happened to him and how that mm. people would react. Because mm. often, I mean, charismatic leaders, it's a whole other interesting thing that could go into less my area of expertise, but it's a, it's a really interesting kind of phenomenon. Mm. But he plays it so well. Like, yeah. I would believe that he would lead a cult. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. He just mm-hmm. looks like a guy who would lead mm-hmm. a cult. He's got that kind <laughs> of, like, grizzled, like, G.I. Joe face. But and it's like, also gentle in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like, can see yeah. how he would totally play you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah he does it so well and I yeah. just yeah so um they were my two major themes and then I kind of had these um smaller themes I guess um which was the parents and children which yeah. we've touched on yeah. um 
uh, the Zeus and Apollo and the children of humanity's future. And then also again, this underlying theme, which kind of goes with society of picking sides. Mm. Um, and I really like that in the end, um, at the end of the day, Apollo picks the law. Mm. Uh, and yeah, Rosalind, it's not one person. It's, it's not a process. person, but like just mm. the need to pick sides. And I mean, I guess that does feed into this kind of terrorist idea as well it is always an us and them yeah um, yeah that's how you know you, you justify things yeah and that's mm. i mean seeing the world like that it's interesting and i always think this um i think this a lot uh when you know people talk to me about soldiers and i look at that and i look at terrorists and i'm like they're doing the same thing once just more mm. legitimate and mm. it is that view of the world it's us and it's them mm-hmm. and so it's funny that adama and ty have that similar mm. perspective of like you're with us or you're against us mm-hmm. and that's it mm-hmm. um whereas apollo and Rosalind see more of a nuance and they're really just committed to democracy mm-hmm. and the people mm-hmm. um as opposed to yeah. a person or yeah a, yeah ideal, yeah they can so. look past like the bare minimum mm. of how things work did you mm. see any more um themes in the no i'm always happy to defer to you on things because <laughs> you just do that big picture thinking that i love um i yeah i definitely think that this was this was like a laser focus on like power mm. um you know how what power is legitimate how you go about getting that power um how you justify getting that power um and i think yeah intru- introducing like not a villain introducing someone that I think a less subtle show would have introduced as a villain, mm. but be, giving him the time to spout his own philosophy, show that how that philosophy manifests, show the limitations of that world belief, have it challenged by other characters in an intelligent way. I think shows that like this, um, this show again is like very comfortable to really unpack things. Mm. Like it's not just like, Oh, there's a terrorist. He's causing a ruckus in the fleet. It's like, well, what does that mean? How would that show up? Like Mm. this is, you know, can be an allegory for like many political and and global situations, but like, let's explore it in a way that makes sense for this universe. I think that's really important because I think that too often we see this argument being really distilled down to like good, bad. Goodies and baddies, like, Um, you know, like the the hacker or like, you know, the like, yeah, radical, like, you know, in like most action films lately, there's like always like, you know, these like evil hackers. Yeah. Mm. Like there's someone... Like another thing that I'm passionate about is the Fast and the Furious franchise. And, really? Um, yeah, no shit. I, I met love Paul Walker it. once. What? True story. Oh my god! Yep. Friend of the podcast, right there. Pull one out for Paul. <laughs> Except that brother he's no Brian. I know, alive. brother Brian. Yeah. This is truly very sad at the he end. He is actually film. quite a lovely. I've only seen. We like, need the to talk about two. this properly, by the way. Like, we will. I have air. a picture with him. Yeah. <gasps> oh my god. He's a really nice guy. Producer Tom I and I are like, yeah, big fans. Um. Yeah. Anyway, in the last Fast and Furious, um, Fate of the Furious, which is like not the best film for um, a few reasons. But Charlize Theron, who I love, plays this like evil hacker genius who's like crouched behind a computer with dreadlocks, sprouting philosophy the whole time. And it just doesn't work because it's like, you know, they don't unpack any of her beliefs other than that she's kind of a baddie, but she believes in the greater good. Whereas what they like, what this show has done in this episode with Zarek is like, give you someone who a a less um a less kind of intelligent or a less like assured writer um or team would make a villain Mm. and an antagonist and 
unpack why they're a villain and why they're an antagonist and are they actually even a villain? Is that an interpretation or a justification from someone like Adama? Mm. So, yeah, I thought I, this is a good episode. I thought it was really strong. Yeah, I mean, anything to do with um, anything to do with political mm-hmm. violence and I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> down for it. I'm down for only, it. Only so in like a, you know... Um, oh, yeah, of course. I mean, from an analytical perspective. Analytical perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't actually commit any political violence. Important I feel like I should just yep. make that distinction. Yep. Sometimes telling people I study terrorism, they'd be like, so bomb making and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 sorry. <laughs> I should really um, clarify what I mean by that. But yeah, very, um, very interesting. Mm. Cool. So what's our frack count for this episode? Frack count was two, one from D, one from Starbuck. And mm-hmm. Cylon count was five, which I think is the most since the miniseries. This is true. Because we had two boomers, Caprica Boomer, Galactica Boomer. We had two sixes. Um, we had um, Caprica six or like internal Bolter six. In and the head, original yeah. six, and then mm. we had um, the other six that was on Caprica, mm. um, and then we had an Aaron Doral, mm. Aaron Cylon. Um, yeah, so three different ones, um, unless that kid does turn out to be well, both a Cylon and an I X-Men feel like you've ruined that for me. I guess a kid would not be a good investment, though. Because no, it's, like, it's not strategic. Well, no, because it would be found out after some mm. time. Yeah, and kids, like, they... They like, grow, yeah, uh, yeah. Usually, the human ones grow. So, <laughs> yeah, true. That, that's yeah, it's problematic. Yeah, um, yeah. Join us next week when we discuss episode four of season one, which is called "Active Contrition." Um, and remember, if you want to play along, you know, look at the pictures of the beers we post. Look at all of our trivia. Maybe even so see a retweet trivia. from old mate James Callis. Then you can follow us at um, Beers Beats BSG on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram. And I believe that's also in our um, show notes, show notes yep. if you didn't write that down fast yep. enough. Yeah, um, send us feedback, leave us a review, um, rate us five stars, obviously. Um, we would love to get you know your feedback and it's great getting feedback from people on social and through email the past yep. few weeks. So keep it coming, guys. And given a shout-out. It's really yes. good. Yeah. Oh, and a final aside, if you're still listening, um, <laughs> we record at my house, which is awesome. But what isn't awesome is that it has trams in the background. So you might hear like a click clack noise um, every so now. Oh, now trams. We need yeah, to tell trams. people what trams are. Oh, yeah. If you don't live in Australia or like Amsterdam, they've got tram. Oh, San Fran, they've got them. Mm. Yeah. It's or a streetcar. Street yeah. Okay, cool. It's so there's a, a lot of things you can call them. It kind of bumps along. So if every, if every now and again you hear a rumble, that's what that is. Yeah, or beers opening because we are opening. also drinking beers. Yeah. We have to be authentic. Authenticity is very important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, see you next week. <laughs>